Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. That used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I'm going to me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. That used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I'm going me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. What up, what up? We back. The realest podcast ever. It's your boy, Chad Fane. I'm a symbol. <laughs> I don't know what's up, man. At TRPE Nation, we got a treat for y'all today. Wait, we are... wait, wait. What? what in the hell is that? It's an iPad. Oh, have you, you never seen one? Today. <laughs> <I can't laughs> Come on, what is that? Uh, Steve Jobs, have you heard of him? <laughs> Tim Cook. I just happened to look to the right. I'm like, what the? <laughs> yeah, no, the phone, the phone, it looks bad on camera. I give you that. Like, so right. it's like a better point of reference. I can see, you know what I'm saying? I look like I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you got a oh, big time now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta act like it. You know what I mean? I'm gonna bring my, I got games. You know, I'm gonna bring, that, bring I'm a PSP. TRP Nation, we got a treat for y'all today. Uh, we are reporting live from the Sixers headquarters on the beautiful Camden waterfront. Today's guest is a native Philadelphian, an executive, and a former collegiate athlete. His commitment to civics, youth development, and community advancement led to his role as the deputy director. For the Community Engagement and Communications for Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney's Rebuild Initiative, which is a program with more than $400 million investment with the goal of revitalizing community spaces and low-income neighborhoods and promoting economic opportunity for those communities. In his role now as Chief of Diversity and Impact for Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment, he wears a number of hats, including steering the company's racial equity and action plan, which includes a $20 million internal and external commitment from HBSC to combat systemic racism and champion equality. TRP Nation, start clapping right now. Start clapping right now. Friend to the show, someone affectionately known as DG David Gold. Hey man, we Bio, man. I, yo listen, I, yo I listened to some shows. Adam wasn't lying. Like I need to take y'all with me. Right <laughs> no, One of my intros just made somebody's album. Bro. We interviewed a rapper. We interviewed Tone Trump. He he put it is the intro to his album that's coming out next hey, week. Man, you, you might you got a little side gig on. Yeah, there. I know. I right? Some of these other shows and they intro a guest to be like, yo, what up, nigga? What up, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a yeah. little bit rough, man. But uh. We did an interview um, about seventy-five or eighty so days ago, or whatever, with, uh, with 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 the other Dave, Da Dave yeah. Edelman. He actually just popped in Literally here before we in. before we started. He heard we was in the building, came to see us. That's our guy, and um, I really wanted to do this interview with you as a follow-up um, to tell your story. Also, talk about company stuff or whatever, yeah. and talk about like the intersectionality between um, like corporate citizenship. Mm-hmm. community and diversity and how they all counteract and interbalance themselves yep. and how your prior life kind of led you to what you're doing now yeah. in this role. Um, Can I start with something real quick? Yeah. Uh, after the last show we did with David Edelman, I got no less than like 15 people who listened to the interview and it was like, Yo, who is DG? <laughs> yeah. Who's DG to Kevin? Who's DG? Like, literally, people. Yeah, we, 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 we left some Easter eggs, eggs in there. I don't think my name's been dropped so many times. Yo, <laughs> literally, <laughs> so yeah. many people. Like, yo, who, who's DG? Who's DG? Who's DG? I'm like, it's Dave Gold. You know, Chief. Don't, don't just stay there. It's coming. Just, just we got, coming. We got, Hashtag yeah. we working. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, you, I think that you're a really amazing example of, um, you know, how an ex-hooper can transition into professional world and really land on their feet. And digging into your story, it basically showed me, you know, you do, you're doing amazing work that needs to be championed, and we need to tell your story while also telling the company's story because there's a lot that, of things yeah. happening, um, you know, around HBSC and the Sixers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some deep research. I'm gonna start you off with like a, a I guess, an icebreaker. Uh, some stuff you can't find on the internet, but I have my sources. Uh, you talking about how small Philly is, man. <laughs> I know you went to Germantown Friends, yep. University of Rochester, Facts. and I heard a rumor that I need you to confirm or deny. You played on Allen Iverson's AAU team that was coached by Q Gaskins. Is that true? That is correct. That is correct. Q's my old head. Yeah, and I, it's funny because I hadn't <clears> – we're just talking about how small Philly is. I hadn't – so I, I played on Q's team. I played on two – AU teams uh, in high school. I played on the Raiders, which was which was AI's team that that, that Q um, yeah. Q coached. Uh, shout out to Q. For folks who don't know, Q was um really like made his name. He was AI's Reebok rep um uh, back in the day. He's like the lifestyle ambassador, or whatever. Yeah, for for Reebok, and then um uh and now he's the um a president or executive director of uh, Think Four Fifty, which is like the brand and marketing arm for uh, the NBA Players Association. Amazing. Um, uh, and then the other AU team I played for was the, uh, Hunting Park Warriors. And, um, one of my teammates in the Warriors was actually, uh, Marcus Morris, who is now, um, uh, uh, on the team. Now yeah. Sixer. Yeah. Yeah, 20, yeah. 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 Um, and I hadn't seen Marcus probably in like 15, 20 years before he, uh, before he came back over here. But, um, it's just crazy how small, how small Philly is. Yeah. But, but then of course I'm working here and, you know, Q's name rings bells in this building because all this time with AI. Right. So it's, it's just crazy how small the, the city is. Yeah. We literally talked about that before we, uh, before we cut the mics on, before we cut the cameras on, like literally like, you know, we just had like a pretty much like a pre-show powwow. We had, uh, the owner of local artists and foods here, uh, dropped us off some care packages and stuff. And just in like a three minute conversation, we connected how, Everybody knew everybody and, yep, yep. you know, and put the whole picture together yep. just like that. I mean, what year were you playing AAU with AI? No, no, not with AI, with AI's AAU team. So oh, AI was okay. on the Sixers. This is probably like... So Yo, this, I, listen, because I'm listening to it like, it's no, AI's 40. There's no way. <laughs> no, nah, AI's more than... AI, well, I'm not going to say how old AI is. Yo, but we ain't, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm 34. No, so no like, I'm, I'm... I was like, like 16, no probably, 17 times. You was yeah. playing without... Nah, like, nah. Yeah, all right, that makes sense now. Air was on it. Like I had braids back in the day, because of AI. Yeah, because because yeah. that's the that's the era yeah. I grew up in. Right when AI was on the Sixers, I yep. used to go to the girl with pictures of Allen Iverson. Like, give me these. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look like AI. Like, She's like, you don't, you didn't get a picture. Of like, let me get these back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got AI. It's like, shut up and bring my hair. Like, yeah. Ten straight backs. Yeah. That's it. Like, let's just let's yeah. just keep it. Let's stay focused. Yeah. Everybody had braids. So what was the uh you know. There's a the the AAU basketball experience has become way more pronounced yeah. um, in recent years, yeah. and you know there's TV shows about it, like you know Kevin good Durant show, reason. yeah, for good mm-hmm. and bad. You got yeah. Kevin Durant show. They just recently did a documentary on Showtime about all of the different AAU teams and the coaches and all of the basketball players that came out of PG County. Yeah. Um. What was your AAU experience like? And what was this? Probably what like 12, 15 years ago, maybe. Nah, more than that. Yeah, I was so that. I was like, damn. <laughs> I didn't want to no, age no, him like that. You was playing AAU like ninety six, ninety seven. No, 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 no. I was, I was five and six. No, I was, I was seven and eight. Those. No, years. I'm sorry. Oh, probably oh four. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I was. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. so I graduated high school oh seven. So I was playing AAU probably like oh four, oh five, oh six. Yeah. Um, uh, like my AAU experience was 
So I like I played in high school. Um, I played in college. I played D three. So I was like one of those guys who was, I was happy to be on the roster because I played on like really good AU teams, like the um, the Raiders. Right before I, right before I started playing with the Raiders was um, uh, when Tyree Gavin was playing with them. Okay. Um, uh, so I played with like all the guys that I played with on the Raiders were were younger than me because they all played like a year up. Got it. I was just happy to you know. Be out there with them, yeah, yeah. and then like when you playing on the on the on the um, Hunting Park Warriors with folks like Marcus and Markeith, um, a bunch of other D one guys. Actually, <clears throat> our player development coach Jason Love, uh, who played at Avenue Friends and played at Xavier, played overseas for a while. Played with him. Um, Andrew Jones also played at AFS and um, uh, uh, at Penn State. Like Scoop Jardine, Rick Jackson. Like mm, so, got it. I was like, I was just, like happy to be out there. For yeah, them. yeah. Um, but it was, um, it was a. Uh, like AU back then was, I think, um, it was starting to become a bigger business. Like I remember, I went out to Vegas one year with the Raiders. That was the only year I went out to Vegas, which back then was like the big. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a three. It was the big, the Reebok Big Time Classic. I think it was like Adidas Super Sixty Four, and I forget what the Nike tournament was called. So this is before Nike Eyeball. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's before UIBL. Yeah, so um, uh, because like Vegas, it was the one weekend in Vegas where all three. Oh, they were all there at the same time. 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 Yeah, but depending on which circuit you were on, Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's that's whatever tournament you were you were in. Now it's like I can't even describe to you what it's like now, just because it's (laughs) it's 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 like a mini NBA in and of itself. Exactly. Um, uh, And like youth sports has become much more of a. It's just I think all sports have really evolved and grown as like an industry and a business. Um, uh, and like youth sports has definitely been like a big piece of that. And I think there's some things that are really great about that. And there's some things that's exactly. like, so little, it's, some, it's, some it's stuff that's slopes. exploitative a little bit about yeah. it. Like we're yeah. identifying kids in sixth grade now. Like, yeah. Which is crazy. Maybe like we're younger than that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. and with social media right now, like you got kids who are, you know, you even, so like just going back to when I was in high school, like you had guys who were really good. It's like, how are you going to handle a spotlight? LeBron's the best example of how you handle a spotlight Bar from, <laughs> from, like, Bar the enough. jump, right? Um, yeah. But then you also have other stories where it's, like, it's just too much at a very young age. Yeah. And now when you add social media where everything is just bigger than it used to be, it's um, it's a lot. And it's good because now I, th- I think it's good because now kids can get paid. Um, right. uh, and it's not just like, well, I'm doing all this for free and I'm getting exploited, but also – on the other hand, there's a lot that comes with it. And so I think the question is, like, how do you create an environment where um, uh, you're able to earn what you're owed, frankly, but also you got the proper guardrails and supports around you so that you don't, you know, you're able to make responsible decisions probably before you're mature enough to really make the right, right decisions for yourself. Yeah, I think there's a fine line between, um, you know, the level of monetization that some of these kids are able to make and then the responsibility that comes with that level of monetization and almost like putting you in adult in an adult's role way earlier than you're you know supposed to be because mm-hmm. essentially like you know if you're a five star or four star basketball player you're the breadwinner of your family if even if you in 10th 11th grade yeah. because of the presence of NIL money and sponsorship and all of that stuff so it kind of like can change the family dichotomy a little bit also and if you're not in a real grounded situation then it's, you can have a lot, a lot of problems, yeah, a lot and, of tentacles. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and again, like, even back then, you already had people who were like, oh, I think this kid's going to be big, so let me try to, you know, attach myself to yeah. him um, or her. Well, mostly him just because, you know, especially back then. Upside, like, women, women's yeah. sports weren't the same as what they are today, and there's still a lot, you know, of, of catching up to do. 
But um, uh, yeah. Every, again, like everything's just just magnified today. So it's it's a matter of how do you, and and honestly, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this in in a different way. This is what I think about a lot in terms of work. But how do you make sure that like opportunity is created, but also in a way that's that's really productive for everybody and, and responsible. And it, it, responsible and it's not destructive because it has the it has the opportunity to do that. Like you wanted to say something. No, I was just more so thinking about like then that's something you don't really think about. Like we watch these videos of these kids. Remember yeah. the other day we was watching mm-hmm. we watching a junior who's doing the Aaron Gordon dunk in game, you know, taking under his name. It's just yeah, things PKs do all the day. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. insane. But you don't think like, yo, he's walking around Chicago. Staten Island, with Long the world Beach, on California, the shoulders. with all, and you think about it, made me think honestly about like child movie actors. Yeah, yeah, where, like they good... don't really get the fairest shake. And yeah. you know, you look up, you hear these Drew Barrymore stories where it's like, what do you mean you were in a party at thirteen with the and it, that, that's reality. Yeah, that's right? a good, that's a really good comparison. You know, yeah. so and 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 <clears throat> to be fair, if you fizzled out back in the day, you were almost allowed that. Where now, think about we. People almost use fizzle out stories as like a, like fable. Like don't you don't, you don't go out like way. yeah. Where back in the day, it's like if you going to the league didn't happen, you were allowed to just go get your job, yeah. get your degree. They, like people are being used as a cautionary tale, but it's like there's a real person and real people exactly. that are affected yeah. on the other side of yeah. you just telling this sixty second story on TikTok. And I've or seen them do that with like all the way up to collegiate stars who didn't go to the A. You know, like almost like play this man, and then you look and it's like. Oh, he on a car dealership. And it's like, he got a good-ass life. Right. <laughs> it's like we use it as like a knock to him. So it's like, yeah, that's something to think about for like a 13, 14-year-old. Like, you basically get put in a position that I remember me as 13 where you were allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. But you at 13, if you make one wrong mistake, the whole thing shuts down. Yeah. That's like kind of crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. sad, honestly. No, it is. It Damn. is. All right, st- are, can it real quick? Just last one. Are you a fan of the a- AAU structure? You like know, in its present day. Honestly, I can't. Like, like to be real, I'm so busy all the time that I don't pay as much attention to. It. Like the most, the, honestly, the most I pay attention to it right now is, um, uh, I got like like one of my best friends in the world, um, uh, Paul Beckles. He he works out at Nike, so he's he's involved in all that. Stuff because he does a lot of uh, brand marketing. Oh man, I wear fifteen. Size <laughs> nine. Um, uh, but um, so like I'll, I'll hear he really like keeps me like up to speed on things. But I don't really like consume a lot of it outside of like the videos mm-hmm. I see on, on social media. Partly because like working here, like I there's so much basketball that I watch yeah. that like yeah. I just there's, there's like a limit to, to, to how much I, how, I really how much mental to. bandwidth. You yeah, got. yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that in mind, um you know, kind of starting to tie the story together. I wanted to talk about the youth athletics and all of that because of your role as a youth director and different things that, you know, you've done different positions that you held. Uh, but just kind of starting with, like, the story of the Sixers. A lot of people don't really know that the Sixers are owned by a larger corporate entity, mm-hmm. um, which is Harris Blitzer Sports. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Sports Entertainment, I said it in the intro. Yeah. If you could, please explain, like, the corporate structure and some of the companies that it owns and how that, you know, relates to your some of your responsibilities yeah. um, in, in the role that you, you carry. Yeah, so we don't, 
always advertise this, um, and what I'm about to say will 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 make it clear. But so we so I work for Harris Blitz Sports Entertainment. Um, we're owned by Josh Harris, uh, and our, our our managing partners are Josh Harris and David Blitzer. Um, they bought the Sixers from Comcast in 2012. Um, uh, a few years after that, they purchased the New Jersey Devils, the NHL team, um, uh, and uh, the Prudential Center. Right. <clears throat> Um, and then I think shortly after that, they formed sort of the parent company for, um, uh, for, for both entities and, and brought them all under one umbrella. So that became Harris. That's when Harris Blitz of Sports Entertainment was Got created. It. And then since then, like Josh and, and David are, um, uh, like two of the most successful people, you know, um, in the world at, at what they do. Josh and, has um, recently, uh. Well, the Redskins, yeah, well, the separate commanders, yeah, 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 commanders. I'm sorry, yeah, so separate ownership, group. yeah, so like, so, so within HBSC is really like, um, uh, Devils, 76ers. We just got into NASCAR, so purchased, um, uh, we're partnered with, um, Joe Gibbs Racing, amazing. Um, uh, and then like Josh and David also have their own, um, uh, sort of investments and interests and in, in teams in the in the sports entertainment industry outside of the HBC umbrella. They're, they're involved it. in new sports. They actually just announced a partnership with Sean White earlier this week. Um, uh, Olympic Sean snowboarder. Snowboarder. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, Josh just purchased the the Commanders um, uh, over the summer, uh, and then um, Blitz has a um, uh, bunch of stuff in soccer, including an MLS team out in Utah. Um, he's also got an interest in the Cleveland Guardians, formerly the Indians, um, and then they're both involved in the uh, Crystal Palace, uh, which is the yeah, which is the, the, the DA, right? In, um, London. Yeah, well, part of it, I, I I don't know all the all the details, but there's like HBSC is, <clears throat> they're not all under the HBSC umbrella, but we're involved in most of those because like we're all part of the same family. Got so, it. Like, we got get it. we get tapped to help out and um uh and support and collaborate in in different ways. So for me. Most of my time, as I'm sure we'll talk about, is spent on the 76 ers a lot of it with the arena, as I know Got DA it. talked about last time. But um, like me and my team, technically we are across all of all of HBSA. Got it. So that's that was my follow up was um, you know, with such a robust number of holdings, employees, yeah. responsibilities, how do you divide your time, you know, between the individual companies and decide like what takes precedent? Or is it just kind of like a any given day? scenario yeah a little bit of that a little bit of the latter um uh personally my time right now a, a lot of it most of it is spent on the arena um here in philadelphia because um that's like a huge organizational priority and yeah. I, I would say as a as somebody who grew up in philly um that's a project that's really like important to me because i think it has a tremendous tremendous opportunity to really set a precedent for what large-scale development should look like in philly and how it can be used to um uh uh, really to to spur more economic opportunity for, for communities of color that typically aren't, aren't at the table for things Absolutely. like that. But to your question, like, it's, um, like, we we try to establish key, like, platforms and values and programs that, that are consistent across all HBSC companies. So, like, one example of that is a program that we launched um, uh, back in 2020 called Bible Black. And that is a, a program that we're really proud of. It's, um, we said, so like a little bit about the sports entertainment business. Part of our business is like sponsorships and, and partnerships, just like y'all, right? Like right. You guys have different, different partners. We have partners, you know, you go to a game and you see, you know, us promoting Penn Medicine or Chick-fil-A or, you know, uh, Toyota or whoever it may be. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, 
you know, those are those are big. You know, um, they they want to work with us because we have this big platform. We got millions of followers on social media. Everybody loves the Sixers or the Devils. You know, it's a it's a, it's a big brand, and you know they want to be associated with and they want exposure. The reality is, is like black owned businesses for a lot of different reasons, um, based on histor- historical discrimination practices. Um, you know, policies haven't had the same opportunity to grow, so we don't have a lot of black owned businesses that are like. Fortune 500 companies that have, you know, like market caps of you know, billions of dollars exactly. and stuff like that. And so we created the Buy Black program to try to address that. And we said, you know, we're going to every year we're going to select at least one black owned business for each of our teams for, for, um, uh, and make them an official team partner at no cost. So we treat them just like we treat That's anybody else. This local artisan foods is our is our business this year. Um, uh, another business that we work from actually wearing the, the hoodie right now, um, Eastside Golf applied year one we didn't select them but then like shortly after that they signed the CAA icon they got a partnership with jordan they're really blowing up and like helping I, i've seen them yeah yeah yo yeah, it's yeah. It, they're like their stuff is dope yeah. um actually uh, there's some hoodies coming for y'all they didn't, they didn't get here in time but oh beautiful um, keep getting more stuff man. you know uh but they, they like that's um <clears throat> they actually have come back and are helping us present the buy black program this year and offering mentorship and things like that to, to some of the businesses, given that they've actually really blown up on their own to their own credit. So it's like that's that's an example of something that we're doing across all HBSC properties yeah. because, like, the consistency in how we want to approach business and really, like, my team's mission is how do we work across all of our different verticals to leverage what we do on a day-to-day basis to, like, have a positive impact in, in our so that looks that looks different depending on the day and and i have while i'm like off playing in arena land um uh my team is is really like making sure the trains run every day yeah it's like buy black and, and other stuff i think that you know everything that you just said points to how real economic development takes place and how a company can go from being you know very micro or very you know locally centric or whatever to having this wide reach and becoming macro within their local market and because of the legitimacy of being attached to such a large you know sports and entertainment entity be able to leverage that to be able to create even more opportunity for themselves because like you said like you know they become a official partner it's with the Sixers it's with the Devils as well and they get the same preferential treatment as the people that that, you know that pay for that I think that's huge yeah yeah I mean it's like you know you don't have like access is huge man huge and like and like and and like something that I've I've learned for it applies to my own like professional career and also like what I've seen is oftentimes the reason that people are successful is because like they just got a chance they got an opportunity they got exposed at some point in yeah. time and they, i mean granted they were able to take advantage of that but like if you never get that exposure you never get that opportunity like you there's only so much you can do to create that yourself and that comes from having money sometimes that comes from um uh who you know yep. uh whether it's professionally or personally or in, like where you come from yeah. and so like a lot of what I see our team's role is given I get to, like, I have the privilege of serving in this role, like, in the C-suite of, like, one of the, I would say, like, fastest growing and, I would say, well-respected sports entertainment companies in the, in the country is um, how do I help create that access so that other people have the opportunity to benefit from from this platform? Because, look, people... A lot of companies want to do business with us. They want to they want um, they want, they want be associated with our brand and, um, you know... I'm just trying to do the little things that we can to help right some of the wrongs of the past that have created a lot of the economic disparities that we see in our in our cities and in the country. 
Let me ask you this, because I feel like the people with the who who is DG. How did you get here? <laughs> like, where you started yeah. in corporate, right? No, no, no. I actually like it's funny because I so I um so I grew up in Germantown. Um, uh, went to college in Rochester, like like Chad was saying, and um, uh, when I was when I was coming out of school, I knew that I um. Like I, I just knew I wanted to do good. Um, like I, my mom was a teacher. She taught at, at Germantown Friends, where I, where I went to school. My dad was a uh, was a union organizer, organizer, and then a, and a leader. And um, uh, I was like, I, I don't really care how much money I make. I just want to make sure, like, I'm in a position to give back to the communities that, that I that I came from. Because I saw, like, I saw a lot of the disparities that um, uh, both both like a kid growing up in Germantown and going to a school like GFS, where like GFS the tuition to send a kid to school um, as a senior in high school at GFS is actually more than the median household income and the zip, zip code that GFS is in and that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, so like I, I saw, like, this crazy disparity between yeah. what kids I went to school with had and, and kids that, I, that were in my neighborhood. And then also, like, from a, from a personal standpoint, um, I grew up in Germantown. My mom um, grew up in, like, West Baltimore. Um, uh, my dad... White guy grew up in um, uh, uh, Westchester, New York, um, and I also saw just like the difference of the different sides of my family, wh- like very like literally white and black. The opportunities they had, um, uh, whether it's like college, shit that my my family on my mom's side had to deal with, whether it be like substance abuse, incarceration, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that was like seared. That's always been seared into my brain, just based on where I come from. And so I was like, I want to do something to like I'm I'm wired like if I see a problem like I want to fix it. Right. Yeah. So my um so I was like, I, what I want to do in my life is I want to see how I can fix some of these disparities. So I came out working in the nonprofit world. That was a long way of saying I came out of school, wanted to work in the nonprofit world. Um, I worked at a, a research and evaluation nonprofit. Coming out, um, uh, got um, laid off like a year afterwards because this was like during the Great Recession and funding was like really slim. Okay. And then I went to um, uh, work at a foundation, the William Penn Foundation. Um, from there, I went to work for the city for the for the mayor's rebuild program, like right. Chad was saying. And then I got here because our COO, Laura Price, uh, I actually came over to this. Actually, it was this crazy. I was sitting in this room um, that we're in right now in probably like 2017. I was working for the for the city. We were trying to raise money for the Sixers. And um, uh, damn, I just realized it was actually the exact room I was in. So I'm sitting here pitching Laura, the team president at the time, um, uh, for and the, and the head of the foundation um, to, to fund the, the rebuild program that I was working on. We didn't get the money, but like three years later, Laura gave me a call. She's like, hey, the head of the foundation is leaving. Like, you really made an impression on me when, when I met with you. I think you'd be perfect for it. Would you be interested? I wasn't really... Uh, interested in, in working in the corporate world because everything I said, but I was for a variety of reasons. I was like, uh, I'm kind of getting burnt out at the city. Let me let me let me try this out and see what it's like. Um, it'd be cool to work for the Sixers, you know, growing up here being a basketball player. <laughs> and um, uh, and so I actually came over initially to uh, um, to run the Sixers Youth Foundation. This is like right at the top of the pandemic, and then George Floyd was murdered uh, like a month and a half later, and um, uh, a lot of things happened that. Um, Kind of got me to my, my my position there, but that's that that's how I got into the corporate world. Okay. It wasn't. It was never. I actually never imagined I would be in a position like this. Okay. It was never like part of it. it just, you know, kind of fell forward into. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something that you spoke on that I I literally never thought about before, but I thought about it in this moment is that 
people that grow up in German in the Germantown section of Philadelphia um, are uniquely qualified to understand like the dichotomy of like rich and poor in Philadelphia just because of Mount proximity. Mount Airy, you got, you got, you said you were from Germantown. I so bad wanted to be like, what Germantown are you talking about? Cause it's like four different. Yo, that's Germantown. a fact. That's just a fact. Seriously, when you were saying, I'm like, you talking show Nav? <laughs> so I grew up on, so I, I, so I grew up on Haines street, like two blocks down, you know where the police precinct is right mm-hmm. by, um, uh, jump the high. I grew up a block from there between the column and Grimm. Okay. Grand block. Um, so I walked through Vernon Park every day to get to uh, to get to school. Yeah. But like you go two blocks over from where I grew up at, and there's like these huge Victorian two, mansions. Two yeah, them, them two doors would be eight hundred grand. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. So literally, so you know, living in Germantown, you're ten minutes from the most two of the most affluent neighborhoods in Philadelphia. Yep. And, in Mount Airy, West Mount Airy, and then Chestnut Hill. Yep. And then you're also 10 minutes from abject poverty. In like at, Nice Town. In Nice Town and, yeah. and, and, and everything else yeah. um, in the other direction. And um, I, I really never even thought about that. But it's like, yeah, and then, you know, using your school tuition as like a benchmark to say like, yo, this school tuition is more than the average household income of the people that live here. So who's supposed to go to this school? Yeah. One yeah. thing I kind of realized, though, driving the bus, you 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 realize that. You the, a lot of bet. But you think about the schooling issue where it's like, just look at the 27 and the 9, right? Mm-hmm. 27 and 9 goes out of, you know, go up Roxborough, mm-hmm. come out of Roxborough. Mm-hmm. The 27 and 9 in the morning is bringing predominantly black kids up into Roxborough to go to Roxborough and Saul. Right. And then they're leaving out of Roxborough with predominantly white kids to go to Roman Catholic. Mm. Oh, yeah, right. It's crazy. And I used to think about that all the time. Like, yo, the bus is going up in the morning, a pack with black kids and pack with white kids coming out. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's always like that. Like, the school be in this neighborhood, but it's a whole different dynamic for who's actually going to the school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Man, when you said it, I thought about it. Like, what Germantown did you live in? <laughs> it's funny because I was talking to who was I talking to the other day? Somebody, um, damn, I forget who it was, but it was um, he went to uh, he went to King. No, no, he didn't go to King, but he grew up he grew up in Germantown. So he would King would Germantown would have been my public high school. King would have been his, and he was like, um, I think he went to Roman, and he was saying that he was like, yeah, man, like whenever I started getting in trouble, my mom was like, yo, you. You want to go to King? Yeah. Because this is the, like this is this is the, the other option, and it's. I mean, unfortunately, some kids have other opportunities. Like I was very fortunate to have an alternative. Um, there's a lot of kids that don't, and that's a you know that's a whole conversation about the public school system and the underfunding of it and the, the economic segregation and the racial segregation of our city. But again, those are all the things. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That, like, I saw growing up, and I was like, yo, this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 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 somebody got to do something about this. And, you know, I, I mean, not that it's, like, I'm Superman, but, like, I want to be part of the solution to help make sure that this this doesn't, like. Yeah, happen. some of the things that, that go on and we just exist in and be like, how, how is this, like, part of this? Yeah. Like, how is this even going on? You, yeah. You, 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 you try to process it but it's one of those battles where it's just like yeah i'm one man like how, you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. so i get that yeah. yeah so when you came over here you basically came in to run the youth foundation yeah and then through the pandemic george floyd everything went yeah like i i <laughs> i came over and i it was a joke because it was like man you had the fastest promotion in the history because <laughs> yeah. i i um so what happened was you know george floyd so i come over like mid-april george floyd's murder i think like on Memorial Day, 
um, uh, 2020. So I'm only here for like a month and a half. Uh, I mean, y'all remember that time? Like all of a sudden, yeah, uh, everybody cares. Bro got turned people. on his head. Everybody's putting out, you know, statements about, you know, we support black people. Black racism, squares on love. Instagram, yeah, all, all that, right? I so, know, it, <laughs> like that was a that was a moment, right? Like, yeah. That was a very we, specific moment. We were having time. a conversation the other day. Was remember when the NBA got with the jerseys? Mm-hmm. Well, it was like, man, I'm I'm trying to watch the Lakers. Who was wearing this twenty? What the NBA live is going on? <laughs> yeah. Who's Equality Forty Four? Yeah, that, that, that's how. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, so that that's the environment that I came in here. Also, like working completely remote. Like I'm at home this whole time. Yeah. This is during the pandemic, which is a really weird time to join a new organization. But so we put out a statement that week, just like everybody else did. And then, like to their credit, Josh Harrison, David Blitzer, and also I got to shout out EB, um, Elton Brand, our general manager, because he he was also having conversation with Josh and, and Blitz, like, yo. Like, this isn't just, like, I experienced this stuff, and I'm, like, Elton Brand, mm-hmm. college All-American, NBA Rookie of the Year, NBA All-Star, general manager of the 76s. I still experience this type of stuff. So conversations like that, I think, really moved Josh and Blitz, and they were, they were like, well, we want to, like, we're not going to put out any more statements until we actually do something about it. We want to do something, but then the question was like, well, what do we do? Right. And... Um, my professional background is very unique relative to a lot of my colleagues, just because, like as I was saying, I didn't grow up in the sports and entertainment industry. Um, uh, and so I find myself sort of leading the conversations internally among, like, our staff leadership of, like, what are we going to do? And my big thing was, like, yo, at the end of the day, we're not the United Negro College Fund. We're not the NAACP. We're not a, um, uh, you know, social justice or, or social, civil rights organization. Like, we're a sports entertainment company. But there's a lot of stuff that we can do. Like, why don't we focus on what we do really well? Right. And then, like, figure out how we channel that to to do good. And so um, I ended up being the one to pitch, like, the plan to Josh and Blitz, which was a $20 million philanthropic commitment. Um, uh, but then also this commitment to um, really, like, uh, leveraging our business operations to do good with, like, the, you know, racial equity and diversity, equity, inclusion lens, both for our staff but also within our communities, um, uh, and that's, and my role was created to sort of oversee that work, both the philanthropic commitment and sort of like the practice. And yeah. I was really adamant about structuring it like that because I knew that like we were in a very specific moment in time. And so my goal is like, how do we institutionalize this practice into the DNA of the company? So it's not like one year from now when we don't have all this energy and excitement, um, uh, on, on racism, frankly, um, and social inequality, uh, like, how do we make sure that this, like, really holds? And unfortunately, you see a lot of diversity positions that have, like, people are resigning. Um, uh, uh, all the programs and promises that people made are, like, starting to wither away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, we my team has grown um, over time as opposed to shrinking. And um, uh, and I think that's 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 a big testament to the to the work that our team is doing. It's also a big testament to leadership from DA, Josh and Blitz, Tad Brown, who's our CEO, my boss, um, uh, to making sure that this is something that you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to be be focused on. Yeah, one thing I will say, like at least from the outside looking in, I like the stance and the position that the Sixers organization seems to be on. Just mm-hmm. the work with Pastor Carl, you yeah. know, di- different things. Even down to like D, like it just even me and Beth were talking about it, like just how down to earth everything feels now. Mm. It doesn't feel, you know, like just historically, there's always been like a barrier between us. And 
management ownership of these large corporations yeah, where you yeah. don't know these people, you don't see them. And I was telling her, like, what I expected from Edelman was yeah. totally... Yeah, he's a, what he, I got. he's a real one, man. A now, super yo, real one. Up. Pulled up yeah. in an Uber, Travis Scott's on. <laughs> what, like, what's up? Like, we drinking? I'm like, all right. Like, 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 straight up. But there's always been like a, you know, just that that invisible barrier of like, yeah. y'all are over there and y'all yeah. exist over there and we don't see y'all or deal with y'all, Yeah, you know, ever. Yeah. And to see what happened, like, like we just made the joke. The awareness jerseys and the you know uh, with you know spirit jerseys and all these different things and that went away. And I remember even Phil Jackson took a lot of flack, but he was just like, "I'm not really a fan of the NBA right now," because yeah. he's like, "I don't want to see all this junk because that's not why I'm here." And people took it the wrong way, and I'm like, "He's not wrong. It just kind of got overplayed because yeah. it's like in a couple of months when y'all go back to not doing this." Now what? And yeah. he yeah. can't say that also because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> because of his history and the posse. Like right. he has a checkered right. pass when yeah. it comes to like right. caring about anything other than like just basketball. Yeah. So, but yeah, like like you said, now we're at a point where you know we're removed from it. You know, yeah. it's not a hot topic yeah. anymore. But it's like what's being done, and I think the Sixers have done a very good job to where I'm like, yo, I, I can see me being a, I can be, be a fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I could pull the trigger, be a fan, like just because I. I I like the internal uh, yeah. and going to the games and actually you go and you meet people and you talk, you in the lounge and just this person is here. You talking to this person. You just like, and it's like a fun thing to be around now. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I, one, I appreciate that. Cause that's the goal is like, I was, I, again, like we're talking about how small Philly is. My whole career has been here. Um, uh, you know, HBSC has grown. I've, you know, responsibilities in different markets, but like, this is always going to be home. And, like, in Philly, like, you can't go anywhere without knowing somebody or knowing somebody that knows Absolutely. you. Or, and, um, and so, like, reputation is, I can't speak on other markets, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, your reputation is more important in this city than it is in any other major city in the, in the, in the I, w- I would tend to agree. And, and so, like, I, I say that because, you know, I have no interest in being part of anything that's not real and not fake. Because, like, again, like, my career has been about something that's very, very specific and um, uh, and I'm not interested in doing anything that's going to put that reputation, like, on the line. Because, frankly, like, that's my career and my livelihood. But also, like, that's my – like, if I can't walk around my own city, like, I'm just not going to be sane. Frankly. Right. You know, like, right. this is home. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's like walking into your house and, like, you – like, a stranger sitting in your in – your, uh, like I want it like this is home and I I can't – that's not something I'm willing, to, I'm, I'm willing to jeopardize. So, again, like, shout out to the organization for giving – I would say us, the runway and the latitude and sort of the autonomy and the resources, big thing on resources to actually like carry out the work and um, uh, kind of seeing if we can like make this crazy vision to come to fruition. Yeah, no, that's real. Uh, if you could quantify how important is uh, community outreach and involvement to, you know, the Sixers and HBSC as a organization? It's, it's really big, man, because we, we always say that, you know, we are um, look. The Sixers are one of the oldest brands and teams in the in the NBA, Absolutely. right? Um, and so, while like Josh and Blitz may be quote unquote, and Da may be quote unquote owners of the team, um, you know they always talk about uh, very intentionally. Like they're also stewards of a brand. Like their Sixers are going to be here after they are gone, right? Mm-hmm. Sixers are going to be here after I'm gone. They were here before all of us were here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I say that because the, the community makes up the team, 
right? Like that, yes. that's, that's the only thing that makes the 76ers possible is the fan base in the city. And we have the best fans in, in the, in the NBA. And so um, giving back to the community, like that's something that, that, that matters. Like, honestly, what Matt just said, I don't know who your team is. Cause you said that you may consider becoming a fan. Lakers and Carl and the Cowboys, man. Actually, as soon as I said, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot I'm sitting anyway. We're going we're gonna to move off hey, that take topic. The, take the Cowboys money line. This weekend, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got a big game this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, uh, but anyway, like, but like, that's the, like, what, what Matt just said, honestly, is like the, um, like the key. Because not only is it, I think, the right thing to do, but it's also, I genuinely believe, good for business. And I think one of my concerns with, coming over here is like, I had only ever worked for organizations that were about the mission and like making money was not the goal, right? This is yeah. the first time I've worked yeah. for an organization where like the goal is to make, I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Like you work for a for-profit entity, like you got to make money to make a living. That's, that's why I have a job. Right. Um, uh, but I think that there's a, there's a gap in the market. There's untapped potential, to do good throughout which outreach of the community through serving the community, through doing good, addressing a lot of these disparities that we're seeing and doing it in an authentic way that people will take note of and be like, wow, nobody's really doing it like that. Exactly. And, and like, Hey, I want to be part of that. Like I fuck with that. I want to, um, uh, you know, I, um, I want to support. And, yeah. and so that's, I think that's a big piece of, um, uh, of sort of like the value proposition It's not just a feel good thing. It's also mm. good for business. And, and I think it's a, it's a, um, it's a false sort of like assumption that they have to be at odds with, with each other. I think exactly. There's creative ways to make sure that, that they can actually be synergistic. And then even like, you know, something as small as the fact that you, you know, you guys as an organization make yourself so available to guys like us mm. that are, you know, independent <laughs> content creators and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, we, we talked to DA and we're talking here, talking to you now. When I talked to uh, Karen yesterday who works in the, uh, the comms team, she's like, if there's anybody else within the organization that, you know, you want to talk to whatever, talk directly to me and let, like everybody's just so amenable to being front facing and having, you know, these conversations and making themselves available to something like us. That's authentically Philadelphia yeah. also. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't know if, if this show changes you, you and you get, you get where I'm saying. Yeah. Like this show can change your perception just because your reality changes behind this show. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So for years, I kind of looked at like, I'll be honest with you. I looked you at me like as a host, like for just you? being a part of what we're doing. With Got this you. Show. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> for me, for years, the Sixers, it was kind of just like, you like know, you go with Kevin to a game and just like, you know, you know, spectrum, yeah. big finger, phone <laughs> finger, like, you know what I mean? And, oh, I got you. Yeah. Like, back like and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and they, they didn't win anything. And then mm -hmm. when, the, when Iverson came along, it was like, man, we love AI. Mm -hmm. So that made you. And then Pat Croce is, you know, cheering and we hip hop. We, me and Jules had a thing that Pat Croce was hip hop. Cause we, ne <laughs> we never seen him in the same place ever. Like we used to joke like, yo, that's Pat in that suit, man. Like, but yeah, like you, it was like a cool, fun thing to be around, but we didn't know the inner workings of the Sixers and yeah. what was going on in the organization. Yeah. So now, fast forward, us with this show, and you know, yeah, I'm a Lakers fan, Cowboys fan, but I'll be honest with you. That's crazy. I'm a Cowboys fan, be, like, lineage. Like, I've been one for years, but I don't really like them anymore. I got like the, the yeah. inner They're hard work. to root yeah. for. It's yeah. hard. I like Dak. I like CD. <laughs> but, they, but, like, the inner workings, ugh. But the inner workings here through this show, like mm -hmm. you said, have been so amenable to where it's like, you know, I know Dave Adelman. 
I know Dave Gold. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I'm like I've been here for the season ticket holder thing where you mm-hmm. meeting people and we out on the floor shooting around. It's like yeah. I haven't done that with the Cowboys or the Lakers. So it's just the show has changed my perception and going to all these games, sitting on the floor, joking around with Doc, joking around with with this person. I remember we was going back and forth with Paul Reed and all these mm-hmm. different it just it's it's just the it feels fun and you know yeah. being in this position you're more a part of this than I've been of any organization yeah you yeah, know what I mean so yeah. yeah y'all have done a very good job at making yourselves available yeah no it's it's honestly been um like the 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 marketing team and the and the branding team like there's been a very intentional effort to sort of like realign the brand with the city mm-hmm. like to your point yeah and um uh and I think that and that that like far predated me you know that's um mm-hmm. I was I was fortunate to like come into a situation where that's something that the organization embraced and I feel like our work is like a small piece of that that hopefully can like be additive and like add a different layer a yeah. different angle it's to just it. it's just like I said I, I go to the game and my homie's on the microphone getting the crowd hype then I yeah. know I know the homie shooting the, the t-shirts out the cannon Kimba's doing security and you know <laughs> I, and you, we then we know like Rob Nicholson the handles like you, VIP you, ticket you, and yeah. stuff like so that. it's, yeah. it's yeah. just you you yeah. because of just the life we live you know so many parts so you go to a Sixers game and it's like it's it's people it's, people ask me what my like what my game day responsibilities I'm like yo just to be in the mix because yeah. like it's like you yeah we still we still waiting to get invited down to come chill in the suite with y'all I, we still on, waiting you know, know what i'm saying I, I feel like last season i saw you like every game i don't know Yo, if i've seen you yet this year we we went to the first game okay i haven't gone since and that was in it yeah, but you know, yeah we went to we, we went to the first yeah. game and then uh we me and him were together then i went to the Knicks game that was a home game, like in like uh like mid November, whatever. There was okay. a Knicks game at home that was like that was a sellout that was rocking. Yep. Um, I went to that one and maybe one or two other games, but I haven't been in any this season. Yet. Yeah, I was waiting for the invite. I was like, oh, I got you. I got <laughs> you. I just look at it every day. I look at it. Like, DA ain't say nothing. They go to D- DG text me all the time. I'm like, all right, is there a <laughs> is ticket there, attachment? Y'all want to go tonight? <laughs> well, he was like, want to uh, go tonight? Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who's it playing tonight? I don't even Hawks. care. Yeah, I want to go today. Oh, yeah, I don't go to shit. All right, well, let, me, let me see. When, me when he was like, um, DJ got a surprise, some gifts for us. So I'm like, I want some tickets Because <laughs> I thought, honestly, I thought you were a season ticket holder. Last year. Oh, see, I didn't know. Yeah. See, that's, I'm like, like, I was FanDuel, and I was like, man, listen, I see why Ruben got out of here. <laughs> Last year was on fire. This year, I don't know what's going on. All these comebacks, <laughs> it is crazy. But no, yeah, no, I'll slide tonight. But um, no, I just, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I just think y'all have done a very good job at making yourselves notable. Mm-hmm. And and even not not even on a basketball level, yeah, just, just like as a culture, a, and community people. level, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's you know, people, I see. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right, and, right, and, right, and right. I don't know if it's the seventy six place that like that's helping, but like every other, I, I saw the thing the other day. Y'all were doing like a uh, some type of meeting speech or whatever. I was like, oh, they go da, they go dj. Like y'all were talking. I seen all the numbers up on the board or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, no, but that's no, what I mean. So many of those, I don't even know. What it was yeah. just I was just scrolling Reddit, you know what I'm saying, looking yeah. for some fights. And oh, I was, oh yeah, we had, we had a big community meeting. Yeah, a couple yeah, weeks ago. I was yeah, just yeah, looking yeah. for some street fights, and I was like, "Oh, DJ, these guys are everywhere." Like, yeah, man, straight up. Let's get into the 76 place, man. Yeah, yeah. The, um, y'all, I, I'm gonna be honest, y'all, y'all, DA told us. 
20, I think y'all lease is done with 2031. 20, 2031. 20, yeah, 20, I don't yeah. know if Market East can hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 20, I don't know. You know what I mean? But I, I, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm looking forward to it. Cause I, you know, and interesting thing I he said on the that. show. No, for real. Yeah. You don't even realize when you're going to all these other cities. Cause me and him get to where we're all over the place. Yeah. You, yeah. you go to LA and you see Staples and where it's at. You go to Phoenix and see the arena and see where go it's to at. Dallas. You go to uh, Miami and see, you know, F was it? It's not America, and it, uh, it's FTX, right? They would yeah. even take that name. I think they took that. Yeah, out. Think they, yeah. <laughs> I forget. I forget. One fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah take that, that. But it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's on, Bang Bros are in. It's, it's on. It's on Biscayne Boulevard. You know what I mean? And you mm -hmm. go to all these different places. You go to Charlotte. Buzz City is literally across the street from the epicenter. Like mm -hmm. all these arenas are right there, and it's like. The Sixers, for them to be like this organization that's thriving and pushing forward, and you got this generational talent with NBA, y'all need an arena downtown. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree. And then when Adelman said that we're pitching something that's not the first of its kind, yeah, we're the 29th. We'll be 28th. 28th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you need an arena downtown. Yeah, bro. yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, um, I mean, yes, you know, every, everything you just said, Matt, like it's, um, we are, we are the outlier. Um, mm -hmm. the other thing about, about us as Philadelphians is like, we definitely, and I get this cause I do it too. Like we, we romanticize the status. We love to complain about things, mm -hmm. but then we also oh, like, don't man. want to change either. <laughs> Damn blue I mean? button. One time. <laughs> um, so like, so it's, um, it's like, I under I appreciate why. Like, look, frankly, like, if I wasn't working on the project and if I wasn't working so closely with DA on it, like, I'd probably be like, man, this is, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, but I've spent so much time thinking about it and, like, working on it. And, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true believer. And it's because, you know, to your point, Market East is, is really in, in rough shape. Um, uh, it's been proven in a lot of other, in, in most other markets uh, as, as something that's viable and successful. Yeah, it's and a winning concept. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, and the other thing, cause you know, my world is, you know, what is this going to mean for the city? What is this going to mean for, um, for communities outside of center city? Cause a lot of people look at like, Oh man, this is just for rich people trying to get richer. Right. Right. Um, uh, like, yeah, there's a business component to it. Right. Like that's, that's we're business. That, that's okay. Um, but when you think about Market East, so one, one supporter of the project right now um, is, uh, is SEIU32BJ. They are a union. Um, they represent, yeah. like, custodial and, and janitorial workers and security guards and things like that. And they're supportive of the project. There's two things I appreciate about their support. One is the reason they support is, is there's not a ton of jobs for them, relatively speaking, um, in the arena proper. But... They represent black and brown, mostly black and brown, um, uh, like Philadelphians from working working class neighborhoods, um, and uh, most of those jobs are in like big office towers and residential towers that are currently emptying out yeah. in Center City, and none are coming out of the ground. And so, when you think about the importance of the Market East corridor, and when you have all this vacancy, and when it's dead, and you have places like Disney Hall on Eighth and Market that hasn't been developed in God knows how long, yeah. um, uh, that's a missed opportunity. That when we have the highest poverty rate of all major cities in the country, and and um, we have a school district with buildings that are literally crumbling, and, and you read about a new school that's got to close because of asbestos or whatever the hell is mm -hmm. going on, like Jordan every Harris month. Just talked about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, then like. These are the types of projects that one create jobs for working class Philadelphians, and two help to support our tax base, um, to help serve kids. So 
kids like me, if I grew up in Germantown, like I don't necessarily have to try to figure out a way to get into a private school. Like right. I'm comfortable going to my neighborhood public right. school. Right. And my right. parents feel like that is the best option for me. And so like I think a lot of people don't necessarily connect that to like they think about it of like you know this is like a money grab or a land grab like no these are the types of projects that actually help make a city thrive and help make the people give opportunities for people in the city and like SEIU is a is an organization that's very progressive politically and a lot of people wouldn't think that they support it but that's why and I and I commend them for them thinking about it in that way because it actually is something that that is there's more that needs to be done to make sure that it supports communities of color and lower income communities, which, which I'd love to get into, but like just putting it there does have a massive positive impact that like we have to acknowledge and talk about and figure out how to embrace. Yeah. I, I, I went down a rabbit hole one night on, I, I, I started out looking for fights on Reddit and I, Sounds I like that's a, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I, I, I wound up going down the rabbit hole of these big buildings, these skyscrapers that are literally vacant mm-hmm. and I don't think people realize the domino effect yeah. that that has where yeah. it's like, there are like three huge skyscrapers right now, downtown Philly, where they said the, 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 they're about to go like bankrupt on like yeah. the loans because of the, yeah. you know, just no the, one's paying. The it. Wanamaker building where Macy's is, you know, rest in peace to, to the security. Er, guard, Eric Harrison. We just yeah. talked about it. Yeah. Um, but um, the Macy's is leaving in 2027 and, and that building is in receivership. Mm-hmm. Like the Wanamaker building. And the, the, that's the, insane. The, Yo, it's the, a landmark. Straight yeah, up. Like where Wanamaker's was like the one, like and, it's the, and the rabbit hole I went down to your point was talking about how you don't realize how when these buildings are fully staffed and fully functioning, custodians, janitor, yes. all these services, overnight staff, security, all these different things, they just run like clockwork because the building is fully occupied. Mm-hmm. But if the building is at 15%, we don't need all this cleaning. We don't. So you got all these different issues that yeah. arise. It's a whole tr- huge trickle-down effect. Yeah. Of yeah. Negative yeah. economy. It's yep. crazy. Yep. So when you see somebody trying to revitalize an area, like not just a corner or a building, like that revitalizes the entire strip. Yeah, Everything changes because with this building, this arena, oh man, we need a sports bar. We need a restaurant. Yeah. We Think about if you haul off and get an Xfinity Live on Market East. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That now we need a, a footlock. We the, need this. The, now, need, the, now the, for people that's coming out of town or traveling with the team, the, the Lowe's is packed now. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. in their bar restaurant that's downstairs, yeah. the the uh, District Taco across the street, like everything, everything. benefits yeah. from and, this being and, there. And Iron like, Hill just pumping breezes, bro. And it's And it's two things, right? So it's one, because like a lot of things y'all, like y'all mentioned, are like the big like, you know, the, the sort of like big box, you know, kind of, kind of things, which is that important? That's important. But also like, think about all the small businesses and restaurants that are in the area, whether it be like family owned businesses, whether it be in Chinatown, Reading Terminal, Washington Square West, Midtown Village, Mm -hmm. you know, the neighborhood, like there are like, when you bring people down there, now all of a sudden you have people who are going to spend money with small business owners that like, you know, also are very important to the tax mm-hmm. base and to like the, the city. It's not just about the big, shiny, flashy, you know, like mm-hmm. big corporations. It's, it's about it's about the smaller guys and 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 women. And that's like that's another thing that you but you have to bring people down there for that to be viable. Right. Yeah, and, if, and if not people don't come down there right now. And that's just and, reality. And, and then like, you know, there's yeah, exactly. That's so, just reality. And and so this is again like part of the reason why I'm so passionate about the project is because um 
it has the potential to have a positive impact on those communities that I've been working my whole career to try to, you know, support and, and drive just, resources just, back just into. Just as a, as a sports fan, we're all sports fans. And we right. all go to different places and go to games. And I know for a fact how much fun it is to leave a game and you got things to do. Yes. I, I just yes. understand. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Jules. We went down. We, we I went to Dirk because Dirk was my favorite player. Mm-hmm. We went to Dirk's last game, when Mavericks' last uh, game against Charlotte. We went. And it's like... Literally, you 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 pull up to the spectrum and you just like, yo, this is literally like down, like literally smack dab downtown. We got done in there. We left outside and walked across the street to a, a party going on in a bar at the epicenter. Hookahs, bottle, and it's just like <laughs> literally the arena right there. Right. <laughs> like walked across yeah. the street. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's the kind. You think about Atlanta. Think about LA. It just, that's kind of what you want. You don't want your yeah. night to just drastically go off of a, Cliff. What's it like yeah. leaving at Sixers game right now? I'll be honest with you, the, uh, uh, Chad. You probably when when the Sixers get done, we'll go in the lounge. Yeah, hang out for like 10, 15 minutes. Shout out Marv. Marv is up in the uh in the Cadillac. Cadillac. Right. Adrian, but yeah, we used to be Cadillac. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. up yeah. there, so we'll go up there and kick it with him, just waiting for the traffic to die down. Right. And finally, after, you know, the, the little short security guard, all right, y'all got to clear this. He, he went everybody out. <laughs> last, last call. Last, last call. <laughs> y'all done. He kicked everybody out, come down the elevator. By now, the parking lot done died down. I come down. I live in KOP. Hop on 95, and I'm yeah. home to the crib. Yeah. You know, that's just a reality. No, and, and like, one, how much... Again, like how much more fun it is if like you don't have to look. You may wait for traffic to die down, but now you can go out to go get a drink. You can go do wherever. You in Center City already? To be all the way fair, it it increases ridership Mm -hmm. on 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 the public because even even he was saying it like yo again coming from KOP like. Like, I'm down here tonight. So, it's like, that's why we use like the game. I'm like, shit, sound good to me. Say less. (laughs) Say less. (laughs) So, Pete. Coming from King of Prussia, like on nights where we go into games, and I, you know me, I like being there for the, I want to see the fire and all that. Like, so, yeah, yeah you got to leave. We got to leave at 4.30 mm-hmm. straight up to mm-hmm. get down here. DA was like, man, I got on every regional rail possible 30 minutes. So, so we got to slide in our, in like our presentation. If you look at like some major points in region outside of Philly, it is an, on average, a 40 minute uh, reduction in time to get to 76th place on public transit mm-hmm. than it would be to drive during the Wells Fargo. Uh, it's it's not, and then you get there, you got park. I'm telling you, it's, it, I know. You I got to figure I, out which entrance is open tonight and which one isn't. I, I know, I know, <laughs> I, I, I get in there. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I've done it enough. I know what I'm doing. But the reality of it is, is like, yo, if I want to be at the arena at, you know, Let's say the tip off is seven thirty, so it would have been doors at six thirty. Unless you're going in the in the in the lounge, mm-hmm. you want to be there at six fifteen, six thirty. You really do got to leave from KOP before five o'clock. Absolutely, that's yeah. just reality. Yeah. With rush hour coming down, you have to. So if you can get on regional rail and that eliminates all of that, and you walk off the the train up the steps of the escalator and you, boom. Mm-hmm. That immediately takes so much headache, so much stress off of you. It increases ridership. Yep. It increases their their it everything. And I don't think people are. But me and Beth talked about it. It's like me and Beth was chopping it up. <laughs> y'all, we was out there getting it in, and it's just people more so will will hold on to one drawback, yeah. and the drawback don't even be a real and drawback. ignore the thirty five positives. Because even yeah. even us, and we were a little, I guess you could say, ignorant. Because DA was like, no one's getting displaced, not a single business, not a single home. Yeah, man. And, and then when you find that out, you just like, oh, so we bitching about 
nothing. Yeah, what, and there's a direct economic benefit and payment. Yeah, yeah, and and for like the people that are that are affected. Yeah, and 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 look, like to be like to be fair, right? Like there are, like, for all the things that we're talking about that are great about the arena, right? In in, in the new location, I also believe that you don't just drop an arena on Market East with no level of intentionality other than just building mm-hmm. it, and it's automatically good for everybody, right? right. Like there are like look. Let's talk about Chinatown for a minute um, because we know that's where a lot of the Mm -hmm. the coverage has been on. There's a lot of really legitimate concerns that folks in that community have. I've spent a ton of time in that that community building relationships and trust with different different community members and um, uh, a lot of them who are too scared to to go out and speak out publicly just to say, like, um, I've made my mind up about the project. Mm -hmm. I think the project could be a good idea. But um, but look, there are concerns around traffic, how business are going to be impacted, like – uh, are fans coming out of the building gonna 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 like be disruptive to the neighborhood and people who live there? Like that's all fair, and we have um, put together a lot of I think really thoughtful plans about how you manage all of that. Um, uh, and we've been working in collaboration, um, uh, especially with how like the businesses are going to be able to benefit from it, which we have a lot of programs that we're focusing on making sure that that happens. But like there is a but what we don't have what we we haven't been talking about as much publicly, and one of the reasons why I appreciate this platform and y'all bringing me on here is while there's legitimacy for a lot of those concerns, there's a lot of misinformation out there. So Mm -hmm. there's a difference between saying we're concerned about traffic for the neighborhood just to the North. Um, uh, We're concerned about property, property taxes rising or rents rising, which are different. We've got different ways of that, that you can address that. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. There's a difference between that and be like, well, the Sixers are coming in and they're knocking down a bunch of buildings and displacing a bunch of people, right? Like, and so we just want people to, if they have concerns about it, then let's talk about the facts. But let's also talk about the benefits of it, which like has not been part of the conversation, which is, I think, I think a real travesty because we've been trying to scream it from the rooftops forever. Right. Yeah, I, I personally just, uh, again, I, I know I probably look at the world with blinders on, but I just have to assume that if the Sixers are playing basketball, because we, again, we all go to games. Mm-hmm. We know what the security and, and the uh, precaution. It's in our best interest chaos. to make sure everything is taken care like, of. You I have I mean? to assume if the Sixers are playing the Pelicans, it's going to be cops, security guards, public safety officers. Yeah. I can't see people just running amok because yeah. they downtown as opposed to this parking lot. I don't see that. Yeah. And then on the flip side, look, think about the foot track. Y'all need to have me at the means. Like, <laughs> think about how much salt and pepper chicken y'all sell when Yo Gotti is at Noto. Now think about doing that four times a week. Like, seriously. Because I, I just can't see being like chaos. Yeah. 
yeah. that's the way they were. And you like don't see pumping. that in other cities, right? Like you guys go. I'm like, that's a question for y'all. Yeah. Like when y'all go around and travel, like what do you what do you no, see I'm, after games? I told you I went and had the hookah across, <laughs> across the street from the yeah. from the So no, I, I I personally don't see that. Is there unruly fans and people who end up getting taken away in cuffs? That's any sporting event. On Never. the planet, but it's also but that's not the overarching overarching culture, especially for Sixers. If I was going to say like there's also a difference between a Sixers game and an Eagles game. Yo, I feel like a lot different. of people conflate yeah. the two, right? And even yes. the new Eagles game, the new Eagles ain't really like it's not like there's no jail cell. In it's it, not death-defying <laughs> to walk in there. Like I had a famous tweet from a couple years ago that went like dumb viral. I was like, my uncle's my uncle's a Cowboys fan. That's where I, I get it from. He went to the vet with an Emmitt Smith jersey on. And my mom told him, like, yo, do not wear that jersey yeah. to the vet. And he went and wore it. So you know them big things of mustard? Somebody threw <laughs> one from, like, the upper deck, hit him in the back. And they get taken out on a stretcher. Missed two wild. weeks of work. I'm like, I was told <laughs> Workers comp clean. That's you on the news. <laughs> Straight up. We told us that it's not to wear that. But, like, that's what it was. I know people who go with Cowboys clothes on all the time. Not the Eagles. Jersey. It's like, yeah. yeah, people are saying stuff or whatever, but it's not that. It's not that. And and like you know, to your earlier point, Matt, about like us connecting with the city and the intentionality mm -hmm. around branding and all that. Like the other thing that we really pride ourselves on is like Sixers games are family events. You know what I mean? Listen, I, I, you've gone to Eagles games or football yeah. games. Yeah. When you go to a football game and, and a baseball game too, to be fair. You realize very fast that you're like, like, right, like you like talking about going to the game tonight. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, all right, yeah. whatever. I, I ain't like, but you go to the to the Phillies game and it's like you'll see, you know, cut off muscle tees, no muscles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no shirts. No shirt under the muscle shirt, toe thong sandals. You'll see that. You go to the Eagles game, you might not see a shirt. I remember we went years ago. Me and Rod went to the Cowboys Eagles game and they were like. Messing with us because we had clothes on. Yeah. All these white dudes, they have no clothes on. <laughs> it was freezing. And they was teasing us for having jackets. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> yeah. But when you go to a Sixers game, everybody looks good. People are mad. You Like you said, family. People show up with matching outfits with their kids. Mm -hmm. and yep. it's, it's, a, it's a way, way, way laxed experience. And yeah. everybody's there just to look good, have a good time, yeah. be seen, yeah. talk to people. It's That's not the element. That's I'll, right. I'll give y'all two post game. soccer game. I'll give y'all two post-game scenarios from me being at basketball games in other cities. Mm -hmm. I was in, a, in Atlanta. Sixers played Atlanta on the road. This is March. 2019. Trey Young yeah, hit the game winning the shot game or whatever. I, mean, that was, I think it was at that game. Yeah. The playoff game two years ago or three years ago? It was no, it was a it wasn't it was like the season was winding down. It was like March twenty okay, third or something like that. Okay, okay. Meek Mill had a concert the next day. Gotcha. Sixers played the Hawks, and it became a unofficial Philly weekend in Philly Atlanta. Yeah, 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 unofficially. Yeah, yeah. And something really slick that they did at the Hawks. Um, arena, they have VIP parking. Like, so if you sit courtside yeah. or AA row, whatever, like that, yeah. they have um, VIP parking for like maybe like 45 or 50 parking spots, or whatever, that are like first come, first serve. So, getting up there, I go around a little circle, boom, I identify VIP parking, I pull in, boom, I'm in the arena in five minutes. Yeah. Leaving out, I'm out of the arena and I'm at STK in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Getting from out of there. Yep. And this was a, a Saturday primetime game, 7 o'clock, 7.30 start, whatever like that. I'm in STK 15 minutes after leaving the game. Yeah. Uh, Staples Center, matinee game on a Sunday. They played, I think, the Spurs. This was in 2021. Sunday game, matinee. Getting in was like a little weird because they were like redirecting traffic around. But I got around the traffic, got into the building, 
in about 30 minutes, got out and back onto the highway, 20 minutes. Yeah. And this is a downtown arena with LA Live is here. All of this, this host, all yeah, of this man. stuff around it, it's, it was very simple, very easy to navigate and get in and out of both of those scenarios compared to what I go through now at the Wells Fargo at a Sixers game. That's I, right. I, I'll say this, I guess, the, the scenario, John. Last year, I got so hyped up on John ja Morant and Desmond Bain. Like those, those, that became my favorite backcourt to watch. So I was like, oh, they had a, they had a game against the Pelicans. Now, of course, this is when I, you know, Zion's going to play. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, I, I should go down to that game. So wound up, me and my wife, we went. We get down there. We stayed in the hotel. Now, granted, this is this is Memphis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so it ain't yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's right down there, right, like a couple blocks from the river. The hotel, when I tell you. From you, that big bass fishing building. You come out the door of the hotel. FedEx form is as close as that is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not joking. Yeah, like, literally, yeah. it's like walking across the street yeah. to, yeah. The, to the joint. And then Beale Street is literally the like next block. Blocks over. Yeah. 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 So it's like, we we left out the hotel. Now, granted, the Pelicans were staying in our hotel, in hotel. too. And I was like, why are they staying here? The dude was like, it's the nicest hotel in Memphis. I'm like, this is good as it gets. This is three star. But we walked across the street to. To the FedEx Forum, <laughs> went to the game. The game was fun, all that, whatever, whatever. Come out, instead of walking back to our hotel, we made a right, went down to Bill Street, make a left, went to BBQs. Now mm-hmm. we in there, live music, eating, drink. Yep. And I'm like, this is what, it, and that's Memphis, where yeah. it's like, yeah. that's what it should be. Like, yeah. you walk out of the arena, all right, tonight, what are we doing? Yep, yep. Seriously, yeah. like that, that makes all the sense in the world. And like DA said, for it to be 27 other cities That's and then it made up. me think about like the cities i've gone to like he's not lying yeah they're yeah. all downtown so yeah, yeah. I, i'm totally on board with yeah. it and then yeah. again the misinformation once you add in that it's like nobody's getting displaced yeah no business is getting knocked down they're just taking a part of the gallery which already let's be real kind of isn't doing anything mm-hmm. it's like oh all right it makes total sense yeah then you look at the initiative for black business we ain't even talk about that yet the 40 yeah. percent black business owners yep. Yep. you talk about the give back to the teachers and the the city tax it's just like yeah come on yo. it's it's is i think the and i think we're starting to get there and like we've been working very hard to get here for the last 18 months but in our mind, um, given the need that we've talked about that we have in this city and that we have on East Market Street, and understanding the concerns that some folks have, you know, which are legitimate, don't want to discount them, we should not be having a conversation about whether this should happen in Philadelphia. It should be how is it going to happen? How and when? And can we <laughs> and can we do it in a way that is really going to be beneficial to everybody? Which again takes a, a level of intentionality, and we're working very hard to figure out what that looks like. Um, but like we got to shift the mindset because it's it it the, the conversation so like almost immediately became like so controversial and right. this big like <laughs> like you got to pick a side and like that's just not how you get shit done and 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 yeah. honestly like when we have like look if if we as a city are going to say we're going to turn down a billion and a half dollars in um in a private investment what does that say to other people who want to invest in philadelphia when god knows we need it mm-hmm. we're saying we're going to generate 200 million dollars for the school district and we turn that down and we're and at the same time we're going to people like jordan at the state saying hey we need more money for our schools and it's like all right well, we're going to help out but are y'all going to do yeah part? yeah like what message does that send and and again like i i love feel like this is home like i will always be a philadelphian but um we have this 
underdog mentality and this pessimistic mentality. And, and we are not, mm. it's one of the great things about working with, with Edelman is like, I, like he is, like he was on the show when he was on the show, he was like, I'm like the, the why not guy. I'm the why not guy. I, I, yep. I, I, like admittedly, I'm the what if guy. Cause he, like y'all saw me standing over there when he was, he like, I was like, Hey man, but maybe we can talk about that. Right. But, um, but he's taught me to be like more like ambitious and audacious in terms of like what is possible and like that's exciting to me because now I'm I'm applying that not just to like how do we do well for the business, but like yeah. how can we do good for the city and like how do we be kind of radical and like what I'm gonna be honest with do? you, and it's a good point you just made about the nowadays it's like you gotta pick a side. Mm-hmm. That's modern day media. That that's a fact. It. Yeah, that's a good where, point. Where back in the day, think about it, when it was Sixers News, you had Howard Eskin. You had Stephen A. Smith. These was where you got yeah. your, your your talking points from. Yeah, but back now, when Stephen A. Smith was with the Inquirer. Right. Back in the but day. what happens is any Big Dan could get on Instagram and be like, Sixers, please, what we thinking? Let's argue. And the, <laughs> and the comments, and go crazy. it's 50,000 people just saying shit. Where it's like, no one knows what they talking about. Yeah. So that's yeah. like modern day media that, ha- that pushes these dumb narratives. Yeah. Because I refuse to believe that 27 other cities went through that. Like Boston putting a TD garden over top of a train center. Yeah. You don't think that caused chaos for the beginning of it, but now it's like, oh, let's catch the train to the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody, yeah. it's an everybody wins scenario. It, it, yeah. it, it, Once yeah. you really flesh it out. Yeah, once right. and, it, and you get past the visceral part in the beginning and then and then you really think about it and you go through all of the initiatives, all of the give back, all of the economic impact. And you're like, oh, everybody actually wins yeah. in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. straight up. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm totally on board with uh, that. I also saw that uh, the black clergy came out yep. um, in yep. support of you guys yep. um, on October 17th yeah. um, at an event that you guys had. And then uh, the Market East Improvement Association study said that this arena could and should be the catalyst to improving Market overall East. standing of Market East. So, yeah, you guys got the you got the data. You got the you know the people are mobilizing behind it. Like it's picking up a it, lot of steam in a short amount. It of time. is, and and I think that's what things like that are what has allowed us to start to shift the conversation from like fighting for like, hey guys, let's just like give this a chance to. Okay, let's sit down and problem solve for like how should this actually work? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and we've been very hungry to get to that point, and um, it, it, it's kind of refreshing and and relieving um, uh, to be able to start to to have those those more productive conversations as opposed to feeling like I got to wake up every day and fight. Right. You know what I mean, absolutely. That, 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 that's exhausting, but uh, but also it's worthwhile because I think that I do think that it's um like there's so many times you have these big big developments. And again, this is why a lot of people have skepticism about this type of thing, because a lot of times these projects do not take into consideration what can the positive impact be on a city? How can we create opportunity for black and brown communities and communities of color? Like that's not, that, that's not, that's not always the priority. I believe it should be. And that's why I think a lot of people have skepticism around us. But, but you used a very good word when you said this pessimistic mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's because let's be real. Most of these big entities, especially when you talk about sports, normally have a disconnect yeah. to the inner yeah. city. Or yeah. there's some form of like a Trojan horse right. that people yeah, worry like, like about. People are like, when's the other yeah, football drop? Yeah, exactly. Like waiting for the other shooters. Yeah, drop. And, and I get that. Like, and, and I, um, I mean, like, quite frankly, and, and I'm, I'm like uncomfortable saying this, but uh, like, there's, 
it's very rare, and this is more credit to the organization than, than anybody, it's very rare that somebody like me who's sitting with a direct line to ownership and reports right into the CEO mm -hmm. to put these things into place. And it's only after I'm able to spend time with people. I had did, I did, I did a briefing with a number of um, uh, stakeholders that an elected official wanted us to meet with um, uh, to talk about the project so they could get educated on it. And they're like, they, they said, like, this sounds good, but like, because it was just me doing the briefing. And they were like, but like, you're the diversity guy. So like, do you really have like pull? Like, do you really yeah, have like yeah, weight? Yeah. And um, they're like, because we're used to like people just throwing the black guy at us. And um, mm. and it's just like window dress. And I was like, look, it's a great question. I ran down everything I just told you guys. I was like, look, I speak to ownership, like for better or worse, like every day. Like I probably either call or text DA like every day about something right um uh and i talked about all the things we've done as an organization i talked about the buy black problem they're like thank you for for sharing that because now we like like we're in like we get it you know right. what i mean like it's not it's not bullshit um but unfortunately so often people who look like us are just put in these positions just to placate certain people right and so i also understand that that's something that we have to that we have to get over because um Unfortunately, not a lot of people are given the um, the resources and sort of like the the influence in the organization to put put some things in place that are actually going to make a difference. Yeah, oh, that's real, man. Yeah. Uh, last couple questions, and we can wrap. Um, the twenty million dollar commitment to racial equity in your role. How do you um, decide how and where that money is spent? Yeah. And what specific external opportunities that the organization should get involved in? Yeah. So it's a it's a good question. So that was that twenty million is broken down in a few different buckets. So 10 of that is um, going to the NBA Foundation because in 2020, the NBA Creative Foundation focused, focused on black economic opportunity. And so every team's kick, kicking in um, 10 million. So that, that's half of our commitment. Awesome. Um, uh, the other 10 is um, uh, there's a chunk of it that goes to our youth foundations for the Sixers and the Devils. Um, uh, and they're focused on um, uh, youth development um, uh, opportunities in our in our communities, Newark, uh, which is a predominantly black city, and, and in Philadelphia and, and the greater Philadelphia area. So our foundation directors um, lead that. A big chunk of that is the Buy Black program because we're actually like you know we didn't get into this, but we're actually donating millions of dollars in marketing assets to those businesses, mm. right? Um, uh, like that's how big of a deal it is, right? Like millions of dollars that we otherwise could monetize with other partners, we're, we're right. giving it to, to, to black owned business. And then there's another piece of it, which is more so around community development. And um, that's, the, that's the piece that's most really discretionary for me. And so I'll give you one example of, um, uh, will it be public by the time this airs, but, um, we're um there's two there's two uh two projects there that uh that I'd highlight. One is um uh we're making a donation to an organization that actually takes um families who are living in section eight housing and they are um uh essentially they're building new housing for them and then they've created this financial product so you can actually use your section eight voucher as your mortgage payment. So you oh, wow. get so you actually are, are creating wealth for you know predominantly black people and black families by going from being on like 
public assistance and just using rent because you know when you're renting you just flush yeah. money down the toilet you're not yeah, like ownership of a home so like ownership of a home that's and building asset. It, which is the best type of credit you can have which is yeah. any you type can of borrow against it real you estate can, you know, related best, credit yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow so like so we're so now we're now i got four years of these payments <laughs> pull twenty thousand out of equity yeah so so like that's 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 an example of a program that that we're funding through through that's the amazing. commitment yeah, that's um, dope Another thing that we're funding through commitment, which is related to the arena, is um, uh, the creation of an organization uh, called Everybody Builds, which is, um, uh, again, this is, this is credit to, to DA, but one of the things that we're concerned about with the arena is too often when you have these big, um, you know, real estate projects, Philly is a union town. And um, the construction industry doesn't really reflect the racial diversity of our city, um, uh, both from a contractor standpoint and also from a workforce standpoint. I spoke to Catherine Gilmore Richardson about that recently. Yeah, this is something that she's super passionate about, right? Um, Shout out to Catherine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so part of the problem you have with that is, like, um, the construction industry is very unique in that it's, like, project-based, right? Like, you don't have a salary when you're working. It's like you get work on a job, and you work on that job from that the job first day to that job's over, and you got to yeah. find the next job, right? Problem for, for, for minority companies, which unfortunately tend to be smaller, is when you have these big uh, construction projects, elected officials, rightfully so, are like, you need to figure out a way to get diversity on a project. So contractors, developers, like, find, you know, these small, con small minority contractors. And best-case scenario... You get, let's say, like a, a small electrician, you get work on this big, you know, um, let's say like hospital. Uh, maybe it's the biggest contract you ever got. Best case scenario, you get a temporary bump in your bottom line. But when that project is over, if you don't have the next big project to go to, you're right back to where you started doing these little, you know, small jobs. Or what happens is you may overextend yourself and try to do too much. And either you're investing in additional equipment, materials, whatever it may be. You're bringing on additional staff because in the construction industry, it could take you 60, 90 days to get paid. Right. All of a sudden, you don't have the money in your bank account to put to, 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 to float that out. project yeah. to get you through it. And so, like, you go under or you can't pay your workers or your contractors or your subs, and that hurts your reputation and your business. And we've seen a lot of minority-owned businesses, like, go under just trying to work on these big projects. So, And the last thing is contractors would be like, you know what? They go back to elected officials. Like, I can't find anybody that has the experience or the, or the qualification. So yeah. two years ago, so this is like a year before, year and a half before we even announced 76 Place, DA and I um, convened a bunch of labor leaders, um, uh, developers, and like the big eds and meds and general contractors. We got them in a room and we said, hey, guys, we... Um, we're always the, the villain in this scenario. We're always the ones who get blamed. Yeah. Um, and so we need to figure out a way to get around this and get away from this, like, project-based approach to diversity. And so the idea is that if you can string together, because there's a ton of construction going on in the city, if you can coordinate better among the people who are, like, controlling the projects and identify a cohort of contractors, you can cycle them between different projects so they have greater certainty of runway or work. Yeah. And then you give them access to capital, you give them technical assistance to help them grow their business. And so that's a way to actually grow the capacity in the industry. And from my standpoint, by the time we break ground in, you know, 26, 27, 28, now all of a sudden I have more people that we can put to work right. because they have the experience and they're, they're, they have, you know, greater um, uh, capacity. And so it's a long way saying we put $300,000 into creating this new organization that's focused on doing that in partnership with folks like 
Um, Ryan Boyer, the head of the, the Building Trades Council. Shout out to Ryan. Ryan. Shout, Shout out to Ryan Boyer, too, man. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, uh, the Carpenters. Hey, your Philly um, really is one small. degree. <laughs> every It's crazy. And either you're in or you're out. Yeah, 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 yeah. out. Yeah. Real talk. Uh, yeah, if, if you ain't in, what you say? Yeah. You, you, you a fed? Yeah, <laughs> Chad said that. We had that conversation a couple weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. like if you in Philadelphia and you'd like 37 and no one has any ties to anything. Something's up. No, nobody from school. Nobody just like yeah. Nobody yeah. got no no uh, no uh, rec center pictures, YMCA yeah. pictures yeah. with you or nothing. Like thumbs yeah. up. Nah. Can I get you two a, weeds, please? You man. a creative player. <laughs> <laughs> Straight yeah. up, you so, are a creative player. But so so that's like but that's a that's an example of like a a program we're putting together to make sure we this project is different than others. Yeah. But also like that twenty million dollar commitment has created resources that allows us to put those things together and, and, and sort of get them off the ground. Amazing work. All amazing. Uh, I just missed you by a few seconds, but you were at the one f- club for creativities where all the black people come. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for the Sixers to have a presence at events like that to connect and empower black creatives and executives? So actually, first of all, we're going to have to do like a six degrees of like TRPE because <laughs> um, I missed you, but you know how I ran into there? Was on um, JP. JP, yeah, that's why I was with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And JP, shout out JP, shout out 14th the Market, because 14th the Market actually did the promo video when we launched Buy Black the first year. Oh wow, um, Dude, Philly is crazy, <laughs> man. And Paul Beckles, who I told my boy who works at Nike. Nike, he's the one who connected me with JP. Because JP deals with White, White and Kennedy, Kennedy, who have well, the Nike. Well, well, they know they know each other from back in the day from like Southwest. And now they both live out in Portland. Portland right. Yeah, yeah. So now they're both, yeah, yeah. They're like the two black people in Portland now. Again, Paul, Fort 15. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, That's crazy. But so, my bad. I just think about it. Kind of, was it no, that was again? perfect. Uh, why was it important for the Sixers to have a presence at something like oh, yeah, We're yeah. All the Black People Conference? Um, so it was, uh, you know, that was actually, one, um, I think, being able to, to talk about this work um, to folks who look like us is important because I recognize that, um, like, people are looking for ways to have an op- to, to connect their experience to their to their work mm-hmm. and and how to capitalize on that and how to you know have the impact they want to have. So I think being able to talk, we were there to talk about the Buy Black program, um, uh, and then also honestly just to like support black spaces and yeah. i feel like when you have companies like hbsc we were there with our our partner on the on the devil side prudential who sponsors a buy black program up in, in in new jersey shout out prudential and um uh like to be able to have big brands like that that are there to talk about their work i think helps to legitimize places like that absolutely like that and so one, it was a it was a great conversation we were able to have, but two, I think again lending lending our credibility and our platform and our brand, um, like there's there's tremendous value in that. So um, anytime we have opportunity to support, whether it's black, API, Hispanic, whatever, you know, like it's um uh, those are things that, that we look for opportunities to participate in. Yeah. Uh you got some? No. Oh, okay, I'm, no, I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm deep in my. I'm listening. Uh, last two questions. Yeah. Uh, one, what does being a good corporate citizen look like to you, and how do the Sixers and HBSC execute that vision? Um, I mean, I would say, not to like cop out, but I would say like doing all the things that like we've been talking about. Right? Yes. Like, and I think, I think the best way to summarize it is, um, 
you got to move away from like there. Don't get me wrong. There is definitely a place for like you know turkey giveaways and backpack drives. Like that mean that stuff means. Yeah, I like I'm, I like I like the energy. Like that that like that that means something to, to to families who need it, and we're able to give stuff away. But that also is not addressing the systemic issues that get people into those positions for why those programs mean something to them. Yeah, and so I think being intentional about not just that stuff, which frankly is like flashier, easier to get, you know, you don't have to take 25 mm-hmm. minutes to talk about everybody bills because it's complicated and you got to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also making sure that you are investing in things that have, like, are addressing more root causes. I think that's something that, um, that's something that, uh, that more corporations have the ability to, to take part in. And I think it's also something that, again, back to the point Matt was making, when people see that you're actually, like, really about your business and you really care and it's not just a statement that you're putting out on social media... Mm-hmm. Like consumers actually take note of that, yeah. Um, uh, and so I think I think it's intentionality, it's investment, and it's also empowering people in the organization that actually care and know what the hell they're doing to to like sit at the big boy, big girl table. Absolutely. Right? Um, uh, so I think I think that's probably the best way I can summarize it. It's been it's an amazing seems, conversation. I, I was, it, it seems like you really enjoy. Yeah, when I'm not getting my you. when I'm not getting my ass kicked in the community, <laughs> no. Means, but oh, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, like I I would put it like this. It, it's funny because I would if 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 um if like ten year old DG could like look forward twenty five years and like look at me, he'd be like, hell yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like that, like because I get to doing that shit, bull. Yeah, yeah, no, facts. Because because I get to do what I'm passionate about. That pushing like, point shit was cool. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But but like but I also get to do it at like the Sixers. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, and um and like I like look, I'm gonna be at work tonight, walking around the Florida Wells Fargo Center mm-hmm. during the Sixers game. Like that's yeah. And, and I'm able to have an incredible impact on yeah, my I'm city. Be, I'm, a, I'm gonna be at work tonight too. But I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be drinking reposado. <laughs> but 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 it's like but you can, um, you know the the other thing too is that why I enjoy it is. Working in nonprofit sector and working in government, like you deal with so much bureaucracy, mm-hmm. so much red tape. Yep. And right here, it's just like, hey, here's some resources. I mean, obviously, like I don't have like I can't do whatever I want to do, but I have so much flexibility, and my team has so much flexibility yeah, to do right. what we think is going to be right for the company, right in the community. That like you don't. That's the if you if you're in the right organization, like that's the beauty of the corporate sector is like you have so much more autonomy and flexibility than you do in, in the in the nonprofit and, yeah. and public sector. So I like, I salivated that cause I, I was, you know, scraping around in the, in the, in the public sector for a while, which is a ton of people doing great work, super smart people. But it's, um, I was fortunate to find myself in a really dope yeah. situation. Well, I'll say like, you know, the rapid, I, I really enjoy where y'all are going. Thanks. Like I, I like the energy that the Sixers are carrying forward. It, it seems fun. It seems legit. And uh, you know, this is someone who just historically has never really been a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've liked yeah. players here and there, but like I enjoy the organization and the way y'all are moving. Now. By the, by the time 76 places is built, I'm going to get mad to burn his like <laughs> Hey man, listen. Y'all y'all give me a, a sweet in there. <laughs> you know? Like me and Big Dan get a barbershop in this. Wait, no. But real talk. So so in 01, you were rooting for the Lakers over the Sixers? I, we we just had the conversation on our Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon if you there haven't. Patreon.com slash official TRP. Somebody asked us if you could go back in history and go to one game yeah. that you didn't attend, what would it be? And Chad said it'd be Kobe's last game. Mm-hmm. 60 points, Jazz. Yeah. And what did I say? 
the game when the Sixers beat the Lakers, beat the Lakers. in that game yep. one. And step, step over game. Overtime. And just the energy that the Sixers, and I, it's funny because Irv Gotti mentioned on, on uh, Drink Champs, him and Ja were sitting because Chuck was their man. They were sitting behind the Sixers bench. And I rewatched the game. I'm like, oh, damn, they damn sure was. It's like they were the only ones going crazy with the Sixers. And I was like, I would have been it because that game just was like, was I don't know what it was, but it was just the energy was just crazy. Yeah. Like, we're going to go into L.A., we're going to beat Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. And that one game in a weird way was just like, you know, they got a little mini chip. Like, yeah. like, mini mini championship. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like in that moment, Shaq was my man and Kobe was my man. But yeah. AI was just. I mean, he was. He AI was, was a force. How you didn't feel? Like, we want to get AI on the show. How you didn't feel AI? Yeah, we've, your we, we've tried every outlet we can to get AI like, on the show. But, but Iverson <laughs> is one of them people where it's like you had to. You had to feel that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, dude. I, I I'll, I'll tell you, uh, one like there's there's been a couple moments since working here where I was like, it was like an out of body experience, mm-hmm. and a, a little while back we had um uh we did a uh, we had like a little promo for the arena. We filmed it up in the in the gallery. Okay, and um, uh, Quincy Harris was hosting. You know, QDZ. Mm-hmm. Shout, shout out, shout out, QDZ. Um, friend to the friend yeah, to oh, the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. So it was like a kind of a sports center setup. So it was Q was hosting it. It was me and DA, and it was AI. And I'm sitting up there, and I'm like, yo, I'm like really out. <laughs> right. Like, I'm really up here, like, hanging out with yeah. Alan Iverson. Mm-hmm. Like, dude who was playing on the six when I had straight backs. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, um, so just to your earlier question, like, yeah, like, I, I do enjoy it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I find myself in situations like that, and I'm like, what? Where, where am I? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about podcasts. And funny, me and Beth. Me and Beth was talking about it. <laughs> and, and she Did y'all here for like an hour? Yo, me and Beth was Because I was here like two. So me and Beth was kicking it for like a good 30 minutes. And we we were talking about like just the, the dynamic of me. Damn, me and Beth did talk about a lot. We were talking about driving <laughs> the buses. Talking a lot of good. <laughs> hey, my story. We were talking about driving the bus as opposed to me doing a podcast. Okay. And just the, the level of things you can get into and the different situations. Like even the way we met Michael Nutter was just like that would have never happened with me driving the bus. Yeah. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? But doing this. Yeah, I may have met him, but he would just swipe yeah, his you, man, I, I met Lynn Abraham, but it's just like, you know, you six minutes late. Like, that's kind of what it was. But just the things you get into and the people you meet and the hands you shake, the elbows you rub and the rooms mm-hmm. you walk into behind doing something you, one, love and two, you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. People see it and they feel it. And that's what we get with this podcast. Now, I, and, and that's a good point because the other thing that, that I also want to emphasize about why, like, I appreciate what y'all are doing. And and I, I try to like remind myself of this and where I'm at is we also have the opportunity to show that like we belong in these spaces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like one of my like one of the privileges I had, which I I try to like be intentional about how I show up where like I code switch like a like I, I can't not code switch because yeah, of the different yeah, yeah. worlds that I grew up in. But part of that is is like I found because of where I went to school, I I remember when I was at the William Penn Foundation, I'm I'm presenting to the board and I'm like, yo, I'm really like presenting to like people who control billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really shook because I was around those type of people right. growing up. But a lot of us, like, especially depending on where we come from, like don't have that same level of comfort, mm-hmm. but it's not because we don't belong in those rooms. Right. You know what I mean? And I think being able to show people, again, back to your question about where all the black people, like being able to show people like, no, there's a space for us here. And like, we don't necessarily have to change who we are 
to be here, I think we have to, sometimes we have to force our way in and we have to figure out how to get in there. But once you get in there, once you have the credibility, we can start to break down these barriers that, that, that people have that like, you know, um, you got to act a certain way. You got to talk a certain way just to, to, to be in to there. Rep, Chad, oh, he, he says like the us in the political space, mm -hmm. like remember we was having a conversation, like mm -hmm. you always had this like look of like people in politics, like almost like some holier than now type, like, like don't, they don't mess with you. You don't mess with them. But then you get around them and it's just like, oh, y'all pretty all right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, then, yeah. And then we get, just we get people, calls and you know? talks all the time. Like last week, we got a phone call like, yo, somebody in this space wants to talk to y'all because, you know, like y'all are bringing like a cool element mm -hmm. to politics, especially yeah. for the younger Gen Z right. millennial. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's dope. Yeah. And yeah. there's a hidden message in what you're talking about, about advocacy and having people that are willing to steward you through and put you in certain rooms because they know you have the talent to be, to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. And because of, you know, having good advocates and, you know, good mentors and stuff like that, you go in a room full of people that control billions of dollars and you're like, oh yeah, this is saying a yeah, big deal. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like I was, I was 24, 25 probably when yeah. that, when it happened. And, but like, I'm only there because my boss who was, I forget if she was running the foundation out at that point, but re regardless, like brought me in. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, and, and, and a lot of it is, and so I think also the responsibility we have is like how are we also looking behind us and bringing the next generation along and right, giving them that right, access right. to. Absolutely. Final question. Um, you alluded and talked about the fact that you are a C-level executive. You're in the C-suite. You have mm -hmm. direct, uh, you know, levity up to, you know, the CEO, the ownership level and everything like that. What needs to happen the next 10 years to create a significant rise in black faces and C-level positions across all of corporate America? Yeah, um... That's a great question. Uh, one is, I think, like at the ownership level, I think it's around just like creating black wealth, obviously, right? Because that's the only way you get in there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think secondly, it is around, um, for those of us who are here, um, you know, dropping the ladder back down and figuring out different ways that we can we can bring people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether it's access, whether it's, you know, just like, you know, giving people game about, you know, here's here's how you take advantage of opportunities. Here's here's how you should be going about your business. Um, uh, three, I think it's elevating like the um, like Matt to what you were just saying. I think so often we put we we'll put people on pedestals. And so it feels like people who are up in the C-suite or our celebrities are not. um like they're not normal, and so it, so it almost right. feels like unattainable. Yes. It's like, well, I never, yes. I never be there because you know, and um, and and so like normalizing and humanizing people and letting people know that like no, you can like you know I'm just like you or like I you know now I, I'm over talking to Elton Brandon's office the other day like Elton's. Yeah. Elton's like a mentor and a friend. I've met Elton a, a few times. Elton's cool as shit. He's he's <laughs> down to earth, like like you know unassuming, but it's. It's um uh you know guys who I grew up playing high school like playing AU within the NBA now um it's so I think making sure that we don't have that that mental barrier that like we that's that's not a place for us to like we can't get there yeah. or that there's something super special about somebody that, that gets like obviously you got to be talented but you can't tell me that the um, underrepresentation of black people or women or or people of color in these C-suite positions is because um, you know, like we're not, we're not special enough. You know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, and so I think 
getting over that mental hump and sort of like having that audacity, like this is a this is a space that I belong in, is is really important. So I think I think all and then there's bigger systemic things like you know socioeconomic disparities and and education systems, right. which have um is another conversation. But um, and that's kind of been like a constant conversation through our show now, through mm-hmm. different people that we meet and talk to in political spaces. Now you you know with um, you know, a, a corporate organizations like we have to do better by these yeah. kids and create more, uh, yeah, man. more earnest um, educational opportunities for them to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, yeah, and and also I think it's about it's about supporting each other. Like you got like we talked about Ryan Boyer, we talked about Jordan Harris, um, talk about Elton Brand. Um, like those are all people who like have supported me because. They believe in me, but also because they know what it's like to be a black man in a space right. of trying to mm-hmm. and, and saying, like, you know what, I'm going to help you out because I believe in you. But also because I know that, like, you have to deal with stuff that other people don't have to deal with. Absolutely. So, like, I'm going to make sure that I look out because I want you to get to the same place, you know, that, that, that I'm at. So, yeah. DG. Thank you so much Appreciate y'all for, for your time me. today for, you know, giving you us, give give, giving <laughs> us, giving us run of the facility, showing us around everything like that. The entire team here, everybody was so amazing from before we even got here, oh, you know, just you making sure. That was going through the, she's like, oh yeah, Michael Nutt. I'm like, man, let me tell you about me. Amazing interview today. Uh, You know, we look forward to, you know, doing more work, more talks and everything, you know, around 76 place and the sixes is all of this different stuff develops. And we appreciate you opening the doors to us. Yeah, straight up, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Definitely. You got anything else you want to throw out there? Anything you want to plug? Anything that, you know, you need people to do? We got a petition to sign. Anything that's going on? Yeah, yeah, actually, that's (laughs) a good point. So uh, as far as the arena goes, um, anybody wants to learn more about the project, um, uh, go to 76place.com. Yes. Also, uh, if you want to support the project, we're probably going to be going into city council in early 24. I think there's a lot of people who look, we definitely got to pull up the, the, yeah. the, the, the people who are the, the, the voices of concern and voices of opposition are always going to be the loudest. And I think that's what we've heard the most. It's not to say that those aren't legitimate, but people who think the project is a good idea, their voices matter just as much. And so, you know, if you want to go on to 76place.com, uh, sign a pledge in, in support, we'd appreciate that as well. Um, and then lastly, I'm just going to give a plug to our, our Buy Black businesses, you know, Eastside Golf, Local, local Artists and foods. foods. With the French Toast Bites. Yes, sir. Um, no, they're the guys, they had the Jordan 4s with the golf cleats, with the mm-hmm. golf spikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Er, yeah. They, matter of fact, they would be great. Get, like, their story is yeah, crazy. I was hooking up, yeah. They, um, they like... Uh, they golf together at Morehouse, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they like, and their business is taking off. Like those are they're, they're good guys. I saw um, when they got the Jordan partnership, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Zenith Wealth Advisors, which is uh, another buy black business that that we work with. Um, so here in Philly, so go 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 check them out and support all of them for yeah, sure. Man, I'd love to have them on. Yeah, straight up, that's dope. Yeah. TRP Nation, man, another classic episode with our guy DG. We out of here. I have a great weekend or week, depending on when this is coming out. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to the Sixers game. Here we go. <laughs> Peace. Here we go. Peace. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.